It's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. Welcome back to the Pandarin Talk. My name's Sean Dangler, and I'm with you as always. That's right. I'm just happy to be here to talk to you. About what? I don't know. But guess what? I am back. I'm done with working in Dubuque. Now I'm driving back to the farm. Hopefully, so it's always confusing. I use my AirPods to try to record this. Like I said in the previous one, I didn't have those. But you need Bluetooth on, but also my Bluetooth is connected to my car. So I'm not quite sure which one it actually connects to to go through my phone, whether it's going through the car mic or my AirPod. AirPods money. So, yeah, just on my way back, I stop at the farm today, and then I go from the farm back to Des Moines, and then I drive literally almost kind of the same way back up to Madison tomorrow. So, life is uh, life is going well. I just saw a pro-life billboard. It said "Live gingerly," and it was pictures of gingers. Have they not seen South Park? And I say that as a ginger. But <laughs> kind of weird. I, I've seen a lot of music. Most pro-life billboards have, you know, like babies on them. They just have straight-up gingers. It's weird. But, yeah, I am on my way back. Being in Dubuque, I'm driving Highway 20 right now. And for those who do not know Highway 20, it is literally the most boring road in America. A lot of it outside of Dubuque, maybe just a little west of it here. It's just straight and flat. Not usually super busy with traffic, but it's a four-lane road. So adds a little much. It gets a little boring driving it, but during the morning when I'm home, we're spry. So that shouldn't be so bad. But yeah, going back to the farm today, and what I want to talk about, uh, for those who maybe aren't as familiar with farming and, uh, or marketing on the farm, and I'm still trying to figure my, out my hand at this, I'm going to give you... I'm just going to explain how I, I do it. I'm sure everyone does this kind of differently uh, in terms of how they market their grain. I will say I personally, I, I uh, only market to the local co-op, you know, because that's how Dad always did it. But, you know, we don't really have a big semi or anything. We don't really store anything. So that's kind of where we got to go unless I figure out somewhere new to take stuff or to store stuff where I buy my own semi, which probably will not happen. That's the big thing is there's a lot of, it is, it does require, farming requires a lot of capital. And so you kind of have to figure that out as you go in terms of what you want to spend on uh, and what makes sense, especially when we're just a smaller operation. But that's what it is, uh, but in terms of marketing, I, in terms of pricing, I guess, if you're just dealing with completely, like, when you sell the co-op, you're 
play a deal with what the Chicago Board of Trade does. You know, if you're to sell to like a private person or something, organization, I'm not entirely sure. I think some of that's still based on that. But you could honestly write up whatever numbers you wanted, you know. But you probably in some way, way base it on what the Chicago Board of Trade is. So essentially what, what I do, and this probably comes from having my finance background in college, I like to diversify. I do not like to hedge my bets all at once. This is where maybe I'm different, maybe I'm not, I don't know. But I like to sell my grain in bits and pieces, like 5%, probably even less now. Well, my beans probably go about 5% of the time, my corn's probably 2.5% of the time I sell. Just up to that. You know, that's what I like to sell at a time. You know, yes. Do I hit all the highs? No. Do I hit all the lows? No. I kind of just try to balance it all out, you know. That's what I'm trying to do. Just live a diversified asset. Because I'm spreading my risk as much as I want. Unfortunately, I've not been in the position. And I know this is, you know, this can exist where you got to pay your bills. So you just got to sell what you got. Unfortunately... I've not been put in that position, so if I ever if I ever am, then I'll figure it out. Uh, so we'll do that. But overall, it's yeah, it's it's kind of I just watch the markets, you know, each day, kind of see what it wants. And I've also one thing I kind of figured out that it has helped a lot is I go on. Uh, on Twitter, it actually is super useful for me because I follow a bunch of different grain traders. And I feel like I follow a wide selection of people who are fairly bullish, people who are fairly bearish, and others that are in between. So you kind of, I basically what I'm saying is I kind of get a wide selection of different type of commentaries from people because I feel like that gives me a good good idea, and they follow the market more from the technical sense than the fundamental sense. Technical means, like, literally how the stats of the stock market kind of follow, like, if you're just watching, like, if you're watching basketball, you know, that's just watching the points at rebounds, uh, assists, that type of stuff. The fundamentals is kind of, like, seasonality or what's kind of the weather, I guess that's a big one, of the market, uh, and I compare that to basketball, that's basically like what you see with your eye, you know, you can look at the stats, but you can really tell how someone plays, if you can just see them, how they play, you might feel, that might reveal a little more than what just the stats say, but you kind of have to use all of that together, and just kind of synthesize it, and get your feel for what it is. In addition to, yeah, and that's kind of, I synthesize all the people, all these grain traders, because they kind of give you a decent idea of how it's going. And so it can be, it can be pretty informative, and I, I, I do like it a lot. And, yeah, I mean, overall, it's like, I, I think the knowledge I get from it is pretty good, and I, you know, I, I take all that together, and basically, you know, you try to sell at the right time in the market, I'm not trying to sell 
the worst. I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I've definitely had emotional trades uh, earlier this spring. I just had my last bit of... I wanted to hold on because this is what happened two years ago, or last year, I should say. I felt I sold my grain way too early, like the last 5-10% of it. Because then the market went up and I missed out on that. So this year, I did try to do the same thing. The market just kept going down. And finally, made an emotional trade, woke up one morning, I was like, fuck it, I'm done with this. Just sold it. And the market pretty much has gone up ever since that day. And so, yeah, I, I, do I regret that? Absolutely. That was definitely an emotional trade. So it's kind of hard sometimes when you deal with that. You have to balance your emotions of what it is. It's not that I lost money, but it's like I could have sold for a lot higher. But that's just like, you're never going to top the market. You're probably never going to be at the bottom of the market. You're going to just be somewhere in between, more than likely. So that, 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 that part, you know, that's tricky. But basically, like, for this year, what's if you haven't been paying attention to how this all works with the grain markets. First of the year, beginning of the year, prices were pretty great. And then basically what happened, Brazil produced a very big uh, soybean crop, and that kind of pushed a lot of things lower, and everyone started. It was a very bullish sentiment the last two years, and bullish means the market's going to be great. Bearish means you don't think the market's going to be good. Uh, or, yeah, there's not enough demand, whatever, supply. No, whatever, don't forget the demand and supply. You don't think the market's going to be good. It's a bearish outlook. So it started fairly good, but then... Analysts were like, yeah, this seems, we seem to be higher. Prices seem to be higher than they really should. So finally, yeah, once Brazil really started harvesting their beans and the markets really pushed lower, really kept pushing lower. They kind of come up a little bit, but they pretty much were in a pretty big downtrend until about middle, end of May. And then it's just shot up since then because literally, and it makes sense, is the sun has come out and no rain has decided to come with it and so things are just getting drier i'm not going to necessarily say in iowa it's as it's not great but we're in a lot better shape than say like illinois we have caught iowa has caught a few more rains you know maybe not as much as you want but some nonetheless to help you know maintain the stuff maintain the corn and the beans but not so much probably in the eastern corn belt and so what that is made for is uh, prices, and no one really knows what the yield is going to be at this point, the national yield. That's what a lot of traders in the market kind of goes off of. And that's why it keeps going higher and taking you higher, as Creed would say, because it literally is just, no one has any idea because it just, there would be some rain in the forecast and it will go away. So right now it's been a great what I'm saying is right now it's been a great selling opportunity, but it's also trading hard. You're worried about your crops. You don't want to sell too much. And maybe if you produce less, then you're not going to hit your cost of production. So it's kind of a balancing act you have to play. And so that, that part can be hard for sure. But overall, you know, it's, it's the market prices have been at their highest getting up to pretty high prices and they'll stay high if the market's you know if your crop is terrible if that ends up what it what it being what's it being i don't know it's it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens the thing is if it rains the market the yield ends up mm, 
not, it's not going to be where it was, where the USDA, so the USDA puts out things every month saying where they think the yield's going to be. Well, not every month, but they put out like that. So you like, there's a trend line yield that people follow, but it's probably not going to hit that. But if it gets relatively close or decent, you know, it's, there's still time. Like, I think some people think, oh God, it's all done. Hey, yeah, I don't know about that. But also, you know, I'm, I haven't farmed as long as other people. But at the end of the day, though, is I think Brazil's going to produce a large crop. And once people figure out what this weather stuff is going to do, and if it isn't a complete, absolute disaster, I think the prices are going to shoot back down faster than they even came up. They came up very fast. So that's kind of like what I'm hedging my bets on is that I, I, you know, the drought stuff is scary. And by the end of the day, I, I think eventually it will, like, it'll start raining a little more. I could be wrong. Anyone could be wrong. But that's that's my personal opinion. So I've been trying to hedge my bets not to get caught. Because I know, like, a couple of years ago I got caught. Uh, I didn't sell enough. The markets are high, and so like I'm just trying pre preemptive and like with me, you know, I'm just trying to like survive year to year, make as much money as I can, and you know, I, I can't be I can't be risky, but I can't be that risky, and so that's basically where it's at. And also the other thing like that, why I was a little worried about you know other markets before they shot back up is people kept talking, you know, it's it's El Nino has come and we'd get more rain. That hasn't happened. So that was kind of something, you know, everyone really was talking that that was going to happen. It never, it hasn't really shown up yet. Maybe it will show up, but not at this point. So that part is kind of fascinating. But yeah, uh, it's marketing stuff is interesting. I just wanted to like lay that out there, kind of my thought process and how that happens. But yeah, it's, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm afraid. You know, if we catch enough rain, you know, it doesn't turn out to be as bad as people think. Markets are going to shoot back down. But I will also say I don't think that we're going to hit that trend, trend line yield, but I also think Brazil will probably produce quite a bit. So that's basically it. We basically, the U.S. competes with Brazil. So Brazil produces a lot. They can cover U.S.'s ass. And if Brazil doesn't, then U.S. covers their ass. Kind of fun, you know? I mean, they should just produce less so then we get all the money in the U.S., you know? <laughs> all right. My name is Sean Dangler. Thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, tell a friend. If you need more advice, I guess I can give it to you, but I don't want to trust my own all the time. That's all a crapshoot. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Pandering Talk. If you got any questions, concerns, or comments, just hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter all under the pandering talk. Thank you and have a wonderful day.